If you're an athlete, you know the greatest motivator of all is the fear of letting your teammates down. After all, a team is only as good as its weakest link. So you owe it to those wearing the same jersey as you to be your best every time you step on the field. That's why there's no vape in team. When you vape, you can expose your lungs to toxic chemicals that can damage your lungs. If you're a step behind, the team's a step behind. Brought to you by The Real Cost and the FDA. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp Online Therapy. Without a healthy mind, being happy is hard. Visit betterhelp.com slash kindoffunny and see if online therapy is for you. What is going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Kind of Funny X-Cast, your home for all things Xbox here at Kind of Funny. Of course, I'm one of your hosts, Snowbike Mike, and today you got a special episode. We are coming hot and live and fresh right off of the Gamescom 2021 Xbox stream. This is the Kind of Funny X-Cast, and we have a whole lot of guests because we are going to give you our impressions and experiences coming out of that stream for Gamescom kickoff. Of course, I am joined by one of my incredible co-hosts, my guy, Gary Witta. Gary Witta, how are you, Rogue One? I'm good. This is my third kind of funny show in a row today. Back to back to back. We did KFGD early, then we did the live Gamescom React. Now I'm here for a, a, an all-star X-Cast. Look Ooh. at this lineup. And Gary if I can point it. out, since we didn't take any breaks, this counts as one appearance until we will only pay you. Oh, once. okay. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, Greg Miller. Of course, <laughs> Gary would have given me his best today. He's given all of us his best. Our co-host, Paris Lilly, of course, was hosting today's Gamescom at 2021 at Xbox Stream. So he's off. So I have the whole kind of funny crew joining me. The whole kind of funny reacts team is here. We have the one, the only Greg Miller. Hello, Greg. How are you? I'm great, Mike. How are you? Oh, I'm so good. Thank you so much. We have the Hispanic heartthrob, the Texas treat, the Latino heat, the man who's always clicking heads and ripping them to shreds, Andy Cortez. I'm doing fantastic. I hope you're all doing well as well. I just saw, just we just hung out for about an hour and a half. I love it. You know, we have some newcomers to the Con Funny X cast, which is really nice because you all get to come join us. Of course, we have the future class of video games, Blessing Adeoye Jr. How are you, Bless? Doing good, Mike. How are you? I'm good, Bless. You know what? We we experienced something today, and I look forward to having that conversation with you. That's how I'm going to start it off. And, of <laughs> course, the master of hype, my mentor in all things fun and excitement, the guy, Tim Geddes. How are you, Tim? I'm doing fantastic. There's nothing that gets me in the mood more than the theme song for this show. That Ooh, shit is I love that quality. theme song. So good. So damn good. Uh, we get to hype up to that each and every single week. And, of course, before we jump into the show, this is the Kind of Funny X-Cast we post each and every Saturday at 6 a.m. West Coast, Best Coast time on YouTube.com slash Kind of Funny Games, RoosterTeeth.com, and of course, on your favorite podcast service around the globe. But this episode, we're doing it live. We're here on Twitch.tv slash Kind of Funny Games, so it's a special one, and that means you're not on Patreon, but if you are on Patreon, of course, we appreciate your support. You get the fun ad-free viewing. You get the live show recorded each and every Friday, so shout out to all of our incredible Patreon producers for the show Julian, the gluten-free gamer, James Hastings, Casey Andrews, Elliot, and Brand Ward. 
Of course, this week's XCast is sponsored by ExpressVPN, HelloFresh, and Native. But me and the team will tell you all about that later on. Let's jump right into it, guys. We are coming hot and fresh right off of Gamescom 2021 Xbox stream. So we're going to give you our impressions and our thoughts on it all. So, guys, why don't we kick off with our initial thoughts right now? Gary Whitter, you're my co-host. You're Mr. Xbox here with me. Let's talk about it. What were your initial thoughts coming off of that stream? My initial thought, as I heard that wonderful, we were just talking about that wonderful um, Halo-inspired theme music that we open every X-Cast with. That's the most Halo content you're going to get on this show this week. <laughs> oh, Gary, that is the truth. That's a good one right there. We Gary. went in. We went. Let, okay, let, let's 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 keep it real. So, Microsoft did manage expectations for this. They don't expect any jaw dropping, you know, megaton game announcements. This is going to be low key. We're going to give you some updates on stuff you pretty much already know about, and that's pretty much what they did. But I don't know. I mean, Paris did a great job as always. It was very professionally put together. I just, there wasn't a lot of stuff I personally cared about or got excited about. It was very low key. We talked about how it felt more like an inside Xbox than the kind of special street, you know, uh, showcase that would put together, you know, as part of a major, you know, games expo, like Gamescom is happening right now. Um, you know, Forza looked good. You know, we had, we had some fun kind of riffing on stupid, like we were, we were trying to talk about like, you know, we were trying to find things to talk about as they would you know, spend 20 minutes talking about a fucking trebuchet, you know, in Age of Empires <laughs> 4. It's, it was, it was, it was, it was rough. I, again, they managed the expectations and I'm glad they did because we went in with low expectations and those low expectations were met. I think there's a lot, I think there's going to be a lot of exciting news to come before the end of the year. That Halo date is coming. You know, this was a, it felt like a bit of a double punch coming off the back of, you know, we're all still bummed about the no co-op campaign at launch uh, 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 news for Halo Infinite. I think we were all hoping that they would give us a Halo date or they would give us something to kind of, you know, keep us. I mean, obviously, we're all, you know, we're plenty excited, but like we needed like a, some something real positive. And this what we saw today was kind of like, OK, sure. Like this all looks cool. Like not a lot. You know, they didn't generate a lot of excitement today, I don't think. It's insane, Gary, that we live in a world in 2021 where to carry a conference, we have a racing game, a controller, and cloud gaming, which are the biggest moments in this hour-and-a-half-long conference. And that is wild to think about. And uh, I can't imagine that we are in that. It's pretty wild. Greg Miller, you are from PSI Love You XOXO, but you've been around. You know everything about video games. What did you think about this? You know, I think you Gary mentioned, of course, they try to keep your expectations in check. I think there is a world of difference between, hey, there's not going to be any bangers here or that we're not doing banger blockbuster new announcements and then just having a conference that languishes on the vine. Like this one was poorly paced. It's, you know, it's sad because, of course, Paris did a great job. Don't get me wrong on that. It's not a host thing or like that. Just the content they put out. I think we stayed on stuff too long. We didn't have that pace that was moving through it. And even when you double back to how Xbox handled the E3 where they did do long conversations, they just didn't stick around as long. They seem to be about different games here. You know, I saw the prevailing thing in our chat, right, of like, this could have been an email. And that's how a lot of these announcements felt, right? That they could have been an email, that you could have gone through faster. You lose so much of what was exciting about the conference, the way it was uh, uh, paced out, where I think you look at, like, I thought, you know, the uh, the Humble section, right? For all the games coming from Humble, coming to Game Pass on day one. That was a great section where we were all That was going, a highlight, yeah. Ah, Ooh, what's happening there? Blah, blah, blah. And like, you know, unpacking is one of the games I have on there that I'm stoked about. But then to go deeper and get into that Age of Empires part and stay there for so long and have it explain medieval weaponry and what they did and all that stuff. And you're like, 
okay. And then they came out of that and talked about the game, right? You're like, okay, why didn't we just do the game? Why didn't we save that for a fan for social media kind of things like that? And I feel like you had a couple moments like that. We just got hung up on different ways to get out of it. And then an abrupt ending, right? Where it was, we came out and it seemed like Paris were saying goodbye, right? And setting us up, but there's still a lot more. Okay, great. And then we go to this Forza Horizon thing and then it was just over. I mean, there was genuine confusion at the end there, right? Because they didn't even, they didn't even throw back to the hosts for like an outro. Thanks for joining us. See you next time, whatever. It felt like the stream just like stopped rather than ended. Like there was a moment where we're like, wait, is that it? Like that, I don't, it was, it was weird. What's weird? (laughs) That was uh, not the ending that I think we all wanted. Blessing, (laughs) you're giggling. You're feeling that. Blessing, what were your, some of your thoughts on this one? Yeah, like I wasn't too mad at this presentation. I think they did set my expectations accordingly. I wasn't expecting any sort of great announcements. I think the most I was expecting, and I wasn't even expecting this too much, was a Halo Infinite date. And that was if we were lucky, right? And we didn't get anything Halo. I think for what they showed up with, showing off more Forza Horizon 5, I'm always down for. I thought the showing for that one was really good as well. I think for me, when I look at these kinds of conferences, what I look for is discovering something new that i didn't know about before but then also getting up like getting cool tangible updates on things that i do care about and when you have a slate of games where you can have a a a diverse amount of people come to to come to a showcase and expect multiple different kinds of things i think the goal is to try and have something that speaks to everybody and for me i think the thing that did speak to me and it spoke to you guys as well was the humble games uh games coming to game pass that was a thing that we all kind of popped for a little bit but then things here and there like into the pit you know that was one that i didn't know about before and that is the doom looking games but it looks like doom except instead of guns you have magic hands and you change the spells that you're doing that looked fun you know and that's a game that's coming to game pass day one and that's coming in october so i think that's an exciting thing uh some of the updates we got with flight simulator looked interesting the sea of thieves borderlands uh collaboration is interesting you know like i i still think i still feel like it's somewhat of a, of a weird collab but it's enough people in chat and enough people here were like no that's something that i'm down for it's, it's uh, that important thing and i'm, I'm gonna let you get back to sorry but it's that important thing with that one right where i think the ship looked cool and i want that in my arsenal and I, i'm a sea of thieves fan since pirates right and like i they're gonna drop something it's an event that has a limited time thing right it's only going till uh september 7th like I'm down, Mike. When like, we gotta take a night, jump in there and do whatever quest I need to knock that out and do it. And I think that's what they wanted. That kind of I'm sorry, blessing back to you. Oh yeah, for sure. And I, I think for me, I wish there were more if we were going to show off games like Into the Pit or games like The Gunk, I think I would have loved more pop or more something more substantial to show that wasn't just a hey, by the way, the gunk exists. It's coming out this holiday mm-hmm. by like I wish we got more concrete info because for the gunk, they did put out a blog post saying that it's coming in December why wasn't that here right like why didn't we get that information here and also why didn't we get a playstation's book exactly and why didn't we get i think i think i think for something like the gunk that looks as good as it is and is coming from the 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 folks behind seam real dig too they could have done a way more hype trailer for it i think there are things here and there that i wish they they tightened up but all in all you know i wasn't looking for anything magnificent out of this showcase and again the showcase wasn't anything magnificent like it was honestly fairly boring you know it's fairly it felt like an inside xbox which i think that is a thing that is for the hardcore xbox community the people that do want the 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 granular details of games like age of empires or other games and so on that level you know they did the thing but it's not this is this is not a showcase that i'm going crazy about whatsoever it honestly makes me wonder i don't want to sound too harsh but it makes me wonder why they decided to do this or at least to do this in this format like those developer interviews always feel a bit forced 
to me. Like they're not real journalistic interviews. You know, it's just like they're there to kind of promote the game and have this kind of what always feels like a bit of a stilted conversation. But like when you're t- when you're spending five ten minutes talking about one particular weapon in Age of Empires or 10 minutes talking about, oh, we've added a bunch of obscure, you know, uh, aircraft, you know, like some German aircraft from the 1940s. We've added that to Flight Simulator. That's really interesting to a very, very specific group of, of people. And, you know, there's a place for that on, you know, as you know, maybe as like discrete YouTube videos. Hey, you know, Age of Empires fans, here's a new 10-minute video on a weapon we've added for you. But to package all that together and make it, you know, the 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 core of a Gamescom presentation, it ends up kind of feeling like less than the sum of its parts. Agreed. Yeah. Thousand percent it's, gear. it's wild, Gary, that I didn't get any energy and excitement out of this press conference until the very end when they showed Forza, which I've seen about a thousand times now. Like it was slow from the beginning and I never felt it coming up. Andy Cortez, what did you think about this whole Gamescom live stream? I feel like a lot of what we're going to say is just mirroring each other. I Again, I think it was kind of lackluster. The Humble Bundle stuff looked really neat. Forza at the end was was hype as hell. I love that new controller. I Looking at the full trailer uh, of the one minute that they showed of the gunk and seeing it in better quality, it's sort of hitting that that sort of ReCore AA feel that I really have been kind of wanting. Well, I thought I wanted, and then I played Biomutant, so maybe I don't want it. But <laughs> but uh, it looks like a fun enough game uh, that's intriguing enough, and it's got really nice visuals. But yeah, the Humble Bundle stuff looked like a lot of fun. That one PS1-looking game that sort of had those horror kind of freaky vibes, um, that's sort of an aesthetic that I think can be explored a bit Signalis. more. Where I'm sorry? Signalis. Signalis. Signalis, yeah. Signalis looks dope. Midnight Fight Express, what we're watching right now, looks really cool. Um, yeah, I I don't think that there was a whole lot of need to have this on this sort of big of a, of a stage. And again, this isn't E3. I'm aware of that. But it just seems like when you're going the day before Gamescom, one night only, and having that sort of... It just seems like a more prestigious area to to have sort of this presentation. And maybe it does need to be a smaller thing with less marketing and less advertisement and just say, hey, we're going to go through some of our smaller titles and some titles you are already aware of. Um, similar to what Bless mentioned earlier, that one hell game. What was it called, Bless? Into the Pit. In, mm-hmm. Into the Pit, sorry. Um, that looks pretty interesting as well. But again, nothing that's really going to make the meter blow up i think it's all just sort of um interesting smaller titles that i will probably dig into and not much more than that well said there andy it's interesting because we've all kind of mirrored the same feelings and thoughts on this and i think aaron greenberg and you know even our paris lily we all talked about it beforehand of like manage your expectations be prepared for us to talk about what's coming out here in the second half of 2021 and that's what we're going to dive into and even for me, my expectations when I managed them and lowered them were not met with this, right? This is an inside Xbox. It is a deep dive. And I've watched more inside Xbox than the next guy, right? And I love those. And I think they are fun. But now you attach it onto Gamescom, which I think is the right move, right? Nobody's going to watch an inside Xbox like this caliber on a random Tuesday in September. So you attach it to Gamescom, you get more eyes. But there's a lot of games that Xbox has talked about coming out in the end of the year here from Crossfire X, Among Us, Fall Guys, Bright Memory, Scorn, The Gunk, right? That I expect to be there and us to talk about and get release dates and learn a little bit more of. And 90% of those titles I just listed weren't even there. We kicked it off with a non-Xbox 
first party title, which was really interesting to see. And in all honesty, when you look at the first party lineup, there isn't much. We're looking forward to Forza Horizon. We're looking forward to Halo to round out this year. And there's some small updates here and there with other games, but those are the big ones. And one of them wasn't even at this presentation. So this did not meet my expectations after I've even lowered them. But it is fun to have these deep dives, an interesting vibe, but not the way that I wanted to see this. And, um, and real quick, before yeah. before Tim goes, I do want to mention that uh, several months ago, I don't remember exactly when it was, but we had that sort of sit-down interview with Phil Spencer, and he gave a lot of cool details about the future of Xbox and kind of uh, made some news with some reveals that he was saying about the future of cloud gaming and things like that. Mm -hmm. And I don't think that that was live, if I remember correctly. I think it was just sort of a YouTube interview that released and then we sort of watched it several hours later this could have just been that this could have been something that uh releases and maybe makes some news here on twitter but it doesn't in, in my opinion i don't think this needs to be a live thing that we're all sort of sitting and reacting to as if we're gonna get you know huge sort of woge bombs mike you know <laughs> the woge bombs yeah i think you're right, Andy, right? I don't think this could be released anytime and people would watch it. You'd get the four big things out of it. But I think you attach something like this to a Gamescom or an E3, whatever you want to call it and throughout the year, and you just get more eyes, right? We kind of double those eyes and people are going to come out of it talking that smack bump in their gums if they didn't like it or if they liked <laughs> it, right? But I think you at least get a little more eyes on a presentation like this. If you release this September 7th on a random Tuesday, nobody's going to watch this, right? It's going to get half the view. So I think they attach these things to it to try to get a little more hype and energy. And talking about hype and energy, Tim, you're my mentor of hype. You are the man behind the presentations. You know what clicks, what doesn't. What did this do for you? I mean, that, that's a, a great segue there because like that's the thing is it's up to you what you do with a captive audience. And that's what this is. Like these, these aren't, I understand that a lot of people can look at us and be like, well, it's up to you. You guys chose to react to it. It's like, well, it was presented to us as if it's something that we should be reacting to. Like putting it on with that Gamescom branding and then the way that they presented it, even if they're saying temporary expectations, uh, like they're, they said to expect updates on the second half of Xbox's fall. And there was one question on everyone's mind and that is when is Halo coming? Because we know that it is this fall from everything that they've said. Um, and it's unfortunate that the, the Halo news we did get in the last week was bad news. And you, you really kind of got to wonder, like, was there a plan to have Halo end this event? But they didn't because of what they put out last week. And they're just like, that's where we're at with this. We still need more time to figure it all out. Um, or is it, we're going to see Halo tomorrow, which I really expect. Like, I think that that does make a lot of sense. But having said that, tease that. Yeah, why don't not end say this with a, with a splash screen that says, thank you. Say, hey, and tomorrow, I know you guys are waiting for it. It's Halo. And cool, we would have been like at least somewhat like, all right, cool. There, there's some sense to, to this presentation being what it was. You know, I really hate this era that we're in. I've said this a lot of the, the transparency necessary for these uh, things because of the extreme hype that some Nintendo Directs have hit in the past, that there's this expectation that every single time it's going to be a megaton. And I think that it's less that because people get so angry. It's more there's always the chance and that's what's exciting sure it's going to lead to some bummer presentations every once in a while but every once in a while there's going to be an announcement that makes you go oh my god that's so exciting and cool and we're seeing all these people who have to neuter their their announcements and set expectations and do this and that and like it still kind of sets the wrong tone no matter what because guess what the other thing they could have done for this have been like hey we're giving updates on everything halo's not going to be there 
And then then they would have set expectations, I think, a little more clear. But that would make this a better presentation. Like I, I really does, right when they when they're coming up to one of their state of plays, right? And they say we won't be talking about X, Y, and Z. Yeah, totally. And uh, you know, I just think that the what what Mike and what everybody has been saying about like, oh, this could have been an email, this could have been a YouTube video, and it's like we could say that about literally anything because not every game is going to be for everyone. But like, I'm looking at this and the way they presented it, and it's like I I don't think that this is for many people um overall like the that age of empires thing i don't think is going to resonate with age of empires fans right like uh some people are like they're excited for the game this didn't make them more excited right like uh, oftentimes these showcases i mean they are just commercials but commercials can be good and they should be good and they can be good and we've seen them be good from xbox recently <laughs> um so to be able to compare this like to even the xbox show that was very similar in style to this um, is a little baffling to me. I'm, I'm surprised that that this is as bad as it was as we look at this B-roll again. Um, <laughs> Barrett's killing it. He just keeps bringing it up. Oh, thanks, Barrett. Tim, this awesome. real quick, Tim, this reminds me of something that they would have flown you out to at, at some yep. event, and you would have been next to the trebuchets, and you would have been shooting these fucking, mm -hmm. you know, cannons or Did whatever. You call the trebuchet a Chevy chase? and they would they would have been doing this and you would just been thinking this is a waste of time like yep. you could just and, show and, me the game i don't need to be yeah. here andy thank you yeah, for had, yeah you're right that had like a us. press junket feel to it and we would have came back and we would have been on gamescast and we would have been talking about it and we would have made a snide remark about how stupid that was like that, it wouldn't have been like oh it was cool it was like why the fuck did they make us do that like if it's a commercial that shouldn't be the takeaway from it right um but my my the last thing I want to say about it in terms of presentation is the amount of times that they use this to pimp out their streams they're going to do all the rest of the week, like updating on the different games. It's like, that's what this was. It just kind of just feels like, why would we want more of that? And if we did want that, this should have just been that to begin with, right? Like Gamescom means something. And sure, to, like Barrett keeps saying, like they've never announced anything in the past. That's irrelevant. That's the past. We're talking about the future. We're talking about a world where Jeff Keighley has created opening night live. And in the same way that Game Awards used to not be that great, and now they're awesome, we're building towards this future that has the three tentpoles of the year of E3, opening night live, and the Game Awards. And to have programming as a, as xbox one of the big dogs next to that gamescom part surrounding that opening night live it's like there's expectations there and you can say manage them all you want but you're already setting them somewhere when did and here we all are when did opening night live start wasn't that just like a few years ago because i want like 2019 2019 like do we really expect opening night live to, to be there yet since it's so early on with like what keely has done for e3 and the game awards do we really expect I mean, it in its third year to really like bring the same heat as those other two i mean keely i mean the keely knows keely, right want. like he, for e3 he did the summer or not for e3 but for summer game fest game fest right he did he did kick off live and the kickoff live event that he did back in June was a good event, right? Like there, we got Elden Ring there, we got uh, Tiny Tina's Wonderlands there, right? And he also does game awards. I think for for Keeley, the way I see it is that he has right now a trilogy of events that are that he tries to tie to other events through Summer Games Fest. But when we're talking about the events that he puts on himself, like he has set an expectation. Right now, I'm looking at Opening Night Live as part of that trilogy of events that Keeley puts on, and for me, that does come with expectation. Like I expect Opening Night Live to be dope right I don't, i'm not gonna say that's gonna be dope as game awards or dope as a playstation e3 conference or dope as like the hypest thing ever but i do think that it's it's reasonable to bring good expectations into that i also incorrectly called it one night only okay nice nice you know what tim you you said it so well right of like 
it is interesting. And we'll talk about Halo at the end of the show here about why it wasn't here or what's going on. It is odd that you would, let's just say in a world, they put Halo at opening night live. What is the point then of having this Xbox event? Why is Halo not at the Xbox event? Why would you put it over there? These are the things we're going to talk about at the end of the show, because that is a very odd one. You have two big tent poles, Forza and Halo coming out this holiday. Those are going to celebrate the 20th anniversary. Another stream here, we didn't even celebrate the 20th anniversary. When are we going to start the festivities? When are we going to start the fun, the celebrations? Where's the Xbox mini fridge? Where is those 20th anniversary big moments? We haven't had that at all yet. Mike, we're two months away. It's going to be like the Olympics. We're going to celebrate the 2020 Olympics in 2021. We're going to celebrate <laughs> the 20th anniversary in 2022. Hey, guess what? We pushed it back a whole year, 21. <laughs> right. So it's just very odd, and it's baffling. And we're going to talk about all that. But let's go down the list of what we just saw at the Gamescom. 2021 Xbox stream right after a word from our sponsors. This episode is brought to you by Native. What's the difference between an antiperspirant and a deodorant? Antiperspirants contain aluminum, which plugs your sweat glands to stop you from sweating. Native deodorant does not contain aluminum or parabens or sulfates. It's vegan and never tested on animals. Native will keep you smelling and feeling fresh all day long. Their classic scents include coconut and vanilla, lavender and rose, cucumber and mint, and eucalyptus and mint, and more, including an unscented option. Besides their classic deodorant, Native offers a baking soda-free formula for those with sensitivities. Uh, G has been using this native uh, deodorant. She loves it. She's recommending it. It's been keeping her smelling good. I can attest to that for sure. You're going to love native as much as we do. Right now, you can save 20% off on your first purchase. Go to nativedeo.com slash kfgames or use promo code kfgames at checkout. That's N-A-T-I-V-E-D-E-O dot com slash kfgames or use promo code kfgames at checkout to save 20% on your first purchase. That's nativedo.com slash kfgames. Next up, shout out to HelloFresh. With HelloFresh, you get fresh pre-measured ingredients and mouth-watering seasonal recipes delivered right to your door. You can skip trips to the grocery store and count on HelloFresh to make home cooking easy, fun, and affordable. That's why it's America's number one meal kit. Fall is busy, but HelloFresh recipes save time you'd otherwise spend meal planning, shopping, chopping, all so you can get back to what matters most. A lot of people are kind of funny have been using HelloFresh for a very, very long time including kevin and paula you know kevin a very much a meat eater paula a vegetarian but they have options for everybody so everybody gets to be happy uh, and i get to be really happy whenever i get hellofresh as well gia makes it and it is incredible stuff you can go to hellofresh.com kfgames14 using code kfgames14 for up to 14 free meals including free shipping that's hellofresh.com kfgames14 use the code kfgames14 for up to 14 free meals including free shipping uh so there you go hello fresh america's number one meal kit and finally shout out to express vpn using the internet without express vpn is like walking your dog in public without securing them on a leash i would never do that with moose it would not end well most of the time you'll probably be fine but what if one day your dog wanders a bit too far and gets dog napped by somebody that's real bad wouldn't want that at all uh every time you connect to an unencrypted network in cafes hotels airports etc your online data is not secure any hacker on the same network can gain access to and steal your personal data, your passwords, financial details, all that bad stuff. Some reasons to use ExpressVPN, just like I have, are you get an encrypted tunnel, it's super secure, it's easy to use, and that's kind of my favorite thing. You fire up the app, you click one button, and then you're protected. I have it on my desktop, I have it on my phone, I don't need to worry, my internet experience 
protected and secure. Uh, you can secure your online data today by visiting expressvpn.com slash kind of funny. That's E-X-P-R-E-S-S-V-P-N.com slash kind of funny. And you can get an extra three months free expressvpn.com slash kind of funny. Welcome back, everybody. Now let's jump into the show and let's talk about what we saw at Gamescom 2021, the Xbox stream. Now, guys, we kicked off with a non-first-party Xbox title. We kicked off with Dying Light 2, and I want to talk about a couple of things really quick. This is a fun recap of what we just saw, and I always like to harken back to one of my favorite podcasts, Jalen and Jacoby. So we're going to play the game, keep it moving, or hit the brakes. If there's a game you want to talk about, I want you to say, hit the brakes, Mike, and we're going to stop the truck right there. We'll talk about it. If nobody's vibing with it, we'll keep it moving. But... To kick off this Gamescom 2021 Xbox stream, we saw Dying Light. And now I'm going to look at the whole cast here. I'm looking at everybody watching and listening out there in the universe. I don't like the idea of kicking off a show like this without a first-party title. And if we're not going to do a first-party title, it is odd that we chose Dying Light 2 of all games when there's so many other options that I would have thrown the bag at from a rumored GTA collection a saints row riders republic battlefield call of duty i mean there's so many other games that i would have thrown money at than dying light 2 and we went on another deep dive of dying light 2 you guys of movement and weapons and a game that has been talked about since 2018 and beyond what did everybody feel with dying light 2 to kick this off feel free to jump in there I'm I'm with you a little bit, Mike, in the sense that kicking it off with this was a choice. And I think the choice was a little bit of a letdown simply because it didn't end with a day one game pass reveal. I think mm. like that with what Xbox been building the, the last couple of years and like the type of big moves they've been making. Uh, this also seems like the type of game that they could get away with doing that. And like, of course, there'd be some money moves there. But I think that would have been a lot more exciting. Um, not expected for sure. Obviously, things don't just work that way. But Xbox has kind of proven that they can make them work that way if they want to. Um, so starting it off with this was was a little weird uh, with the, without that that moment because i don't think there was any real news here right no we already knew no, the release date no this i don't just there was nothing trailer. this was another small deep dive of like hey we've added a lot of movement animations and hey there's going to be some weapons in this game I, I i didn't see anything that wowed me after seeing this it almost feels like death loop which is a game i think will be much better and way more fun but I've seen it so many times that I don't need this for another three to five minutes, especially on an opening of this stream that was supposed to, you know, yes, manage expectations, but also celebrate Xbox and show off some Xbox stuff. Yeah, not to mention, Mike, that we'd seen this game about three times already. And then we had a full deep dive where it was, yep. what was it, 30 minutes that you, me and Bless were reacting to? Mm -hmm. And that's uh, i thought that was going to be probably the last time we saw until the game comes out uh, aside from little trailers and things like that re that release but that was a full deep dive and then we kind of got a similar thing here where the devs are talking to you about what's coming what sort of changes are happening what you know some things that we should be looking forward to and it just seems like it really out of place to open up uh, an xbox showcase yeah i think for the dying light side of it i think the strategy for them might be the fact that for that Dying Light showcase that we reacted to, 
that maybe didn't bring in the audience that uh, you would get at an Xbox showcase or at a PlayStation showcase or at any sort of third party. Like Dying Light 2 is being published by a Ubisoft or an EA or an Activision or somebody who has their own locations where they can show off a Dying Light 2 to a wider audience. I think for them, they kind of need any boost that they can get and being able to attach themselves at Xbox at Gamescom is the way to do that. Is it should it open the presentation? Absolutely not. Like I do that. I'm with you guys that that is a weird move. You know, I think if you if you shoved it somewhere in the middle, it'd be that thing of okay, here's the dying light section. All right, cool. Now that's done because we we've all here seen it. But I'm sure for an amount of the audience that tunes into Xbox at Gamescom, there are probably people that maybe have heard of Dying Light or have seen glimpses of it, but maybe seeing the actual mechanics and systems at work is the thing that sells them on actually getting the game on Xbox this fall. Because at this point, when we're looking at the the fall of big AAA releases, like Dying Light Two is kind of a highlight there um like it's it's kind of the thing that's ending ending the year in terms of that uh and so like it is it is a part of that story and so like i think i think it makes some sense but it should have been shown better i think it seems odd that like like i said i'd rather have seen a first party team come out and show off something xbox if halo's not there which it wasn't show off psychonauts like bring psychonauts out there get colorful Mm -hmm. get fun creative i don't know why we chose this and it just didn't feel right and i think that quickly set the tone for me of like, okay, this is not going to be what I expected, nor what I was going to go for here. So didn't like that. Moving on, we did bring back the first party fun, but it's a game that we've already been playing, which is Flight Sim. And Gary has touched on this a lot of, you know, Flight Sim is a awesome and great game. But if you're not in that target audience, you're going to play Flight Sim about three times and then never play it again, right? And so they come out with these updates. They tease us. More with the Top Gun update, which I know I'm looking forward to, but still no release date, still no movement on that. They tease World Update 6, which is Germany, uh, Austria, and Switzerland. One that did hit home for me because I am so close, I don't know what people will really vibe with, but was the Reno Air Races. That's a big-time thing there. I think the idea of going fast and racing the planes in Reno will be a ton of fun, a little bit different from what you're normally accustomed to with Microsoft Flight Sim, but this was another... 10 minute section here that just felt felt like it dragged right there in the middle to kick this off. Gary, what did you think of this one? Yeah. And again, there wasn't really anything wrong or bad with the stuff that they showed. It's all, they're all games that the audiences for these games are going to be excited about. And it's like you said, they didn't, a lot of the updates did feel a lot along the lines of, yep, we're definitely still making this game. There just wasn't like, you know, much, new to add and i think that if they'd have taken that micro if they'd have taken for example that flight sim section and dropped that as a youtube video of interest to flight sim fans with no fa- no fanfare it would have been great the, the microsoft the flight sim fans who would have been interested it would have gone there and got excited about it you know the you know the obscure german aircraft and the reno air rally and the top gun stuff it's all good stuff for flight sim fans but it, it's really just a question of packaging and presentation and how they chose to to show this stuff. You know, it's like a lot of people that are not interested in Microsoft Flight Simulator had to sit through that, right? And we were struggling for things to talk about during that section. Um, it was, yeah, it, it was just weird. Like you've got to, you, you, you need, if you're going to do a presentation like this where a lot of eyeballs are going to be on it, you want to start the show strong. You want to end the show strong. I don't, I mean, they, you could argue that they halfway ended it strong. Again, Forza Horizon is one of the big bangers for this year and there was a lot of excitement that was the most excited we got right at the end where they were debuting some of the vehicles and forza horizon really does look great and you know we were excited at the end there um but yeah going back to going back to uh, dying light 2 was that was that really is that really a game that you open a gamescom presentation with 
Probably not. And then like 10 minutes on the history of the trebuchet, like we, I felt like we were struggling to get through that se that section of it. <laughs> right? Yeah, you lost all the momentum. You had no momentum yeah. and you, you, yeah. you, you just gambled it away there. Yeah. Came out the gates really slow. Uh, one that did pick all of you up, and I actually have some differing thoughts than you guys, but we had our first Game Pass update and really the only big Game Pass update of the day, which was the Humble Bundle team up here, Humble Games. Now, you know, you guys, a lot of indies here, some excitement with certain games. Blessing, what did you think of Humble Games and this team up here? Yeah, no, I thought the showcase was awesome. I, I think it did the exact thing that you want a showcase like this to do, which is, you know, give give us a glimpse into a handful of, of games and have them be games that are going to strike you, right? Like for me, as somebody who likes pixel art action games there were quite a few games here where i was like oh that looks cool oh that looks cool oh this one looks cool as well uh along with games like uh the i forget what it's called like the midnight fight club whatever the, that top-down game that looked like it could have been seafood yeah, midnight, midnight fight, fight express. express yeah that game looks dope as hell and i wouldn't i wouldn't know about this game if they didn't include include it with the name in this showcase and we, we got a quick enough glimpse at gameplay where i saw it and i was like Oh shit, that looks cool, and we're on to the next one, right? They're showing off Dodgeball Academia. They're showing off other games like Bushiden, which I know got a pop from uh, I think Andy and Tim popped for that one. I thought this was a great showcase. The fact that all of them are coming to Game Pass too, I would say, is a big win. You know, I think that's the thing that's super great for Game Pass: the fact that you have the Xbox first-party games, but then you have a cool line lineup of indies that are coming day and date to Game Pass. I think that helps build out uh, variety in the catalog in a way where you know you have things that you're discovering that. Are, that are going to have the word of mouth that get more people in it. You know, I think of games like Outer Wilds that launched on Game Pass back in the day, and that had the word of mouth that that uh, enabled people to get into it easily because they didn't have to spend full price necessarily if they had Xbox Game Pass. I think those are really important, and this seems to uh, be th this seems to lend to more of those, and I think that's an awesome thing. So I was totally in on this. Yeah, yeah me this too. Go for it, Andy. I was just going to say this could have been what a lot of the a lot of what today was, you know, the, the, something like this where it's it's quick hits and we're seeing nice little glimpses at games and this is like this perfect kind of section in how you build this. Yeah. Uh, but for a lot of the other games, uh, again, I think this, it comes down to timing and I think this could have been a 45 minute thing instead of a, whatever it was, 70, Hour 70 half, yeah. yeah, something like that. Uh, and so I think this section was neat. It was concise. It showed off probably like the better parts of those games, the stuff that's going to be sort of striking visually. And I really dug this little section. 100%. Yeah, for Go me, the, the section uh, felt like the, the only section of the whole show that was like actually curated. Like, I feel like they really right. respected our time and they, they, it wasn't just, Oh, what games can we put here that are coming to game pass? It's like, no, what games would people be interested in, in seeing? And they, they're all shown in, in a quick enough way that, uh, we can get a couple pops and a couple things that we're interested in and want to go back to. And the fact that it's on Game Pass, which you're constantly reminded of, you're seeing the gameplay, you're seeing the game title, and on the right side, you're seeing where you can play this game, which is anyone watching this this show probably has access to Game Pass in some way. That's cool. That's exciting. You know, Greg and I always talk about uh, these showcases, especially on the indie side. Of uh, you need to make sure that you you have some new information. Uh, if you're going to do a showcase for for whatever game you're talking about, whatever game you're showing. But on top of that, like when it comes to these montages, like we tend to prefer um, one step further than this, which is just a, a little VO to kind of explain 
what what is actually happening like what what is this what makes it different than uh other games that might look similar but i think that this montage actually did a really good job of not needing that uh these games kind of speak for themselves and all the information's there uh, of course release dates would have been nice for some of them but i think that there's a lot of variation here a lot of different styles that speak to a lot of people and uh this is was easily the most exciting like minute and a half of the hour and a half that we had Craig. Yeah, I agree. And I, 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 that's why I come back to why I felt there was just some weird editorial decisions made. That little montage was great, but I wanted, to, I wanted to know more about each game. I wanted to know less about the trebuchet. It's like rather than do, <laughs> what, rather, rather than do five minutes on one weapon from one game, what, may, maybe give each of those really interesting indie games 60 seconds each so we can find out a little bit more about those. Like you're, you're going to do a really, really big deep dive on one granular element of one particular game, but then you're going to like rush through a bunch of other games that we're actually interested in. Just felt weird editorially. Trebuchet less. It, you know what I'm saying? It, oh, there you go, Andy. It, it's funny because I'm actually different from all of you. I'm not the biggest indie guy, and this didn't pop for me. I was actually looking for a larger game pass announcement some sort of partnership that would really pop here and i know you know humble games for a lot of people everybody you guys are talking about it probably will get people excited and it's nice to shine the light on those indie games and i feel like game pass already has a bunch of those already i am looking for that next big partnership and we've talked about it before dying light 2 a battlefield partnership would have been really big here and i think that would have gone a much longer way for me in this whole situation I, i'm kind of didn't need the additional indies we see that every single month there's two game pass updates Fuck and it's one. packed with, great it's packed with indie games already i'm looking for something bigger now besides just our first party title so i'm a little bit different on that when i was a little so so on humble games of course there's a couple but i was looking for something bigger moving on we have into the pit which i'm going to pause for just a moment because it reminded me of a game gary Witta, that i used to play on my n64 called hexen and of yeah. course Blessing brought it up of like, oh, this looks like like old school Doom kind of, but he has two hands that are like, you know, the violent weapons. And that is exactly what Hexen was to me way back in the day. And is this a game I'm going to play? No, I'm looking at you right now. I'm never going to play this game, but it was cool. It was colorful. I'll probably skip it, but like, I don't think this spoke to me. And you can buy it. For okay. If, <laughs> if, we, if it's four players, then you'll get me, but I will, I will never play this game ever right here, which was another one of like, here's a game that's like doesn't speak to me I, I personally think this will have a small audience and it will come and go and we will never speak of this again which See, is this fun is, this is one that i would only play because it's on game pass the fact that i could turn on my xbox and scroll through the game pass catalog and see it there and go oh shit this is that one game that looked like doom or that mike described as similar to hexen I'll try this out for 30 minutes, see how I feel, and then bounce off of it. Like that is the I I think this is a good fit for what what that is because I think there are a lot of games that are going for that similar feel. There are a lot of games that are trying to be Quaker, that are trying to be Doom. Like I see that I I get the emails for them in my inbox all the time. And I see them and I'm like, oh, okay, cool. Yeah, this looks like the other thing. Uh, but the fact that this is accessible and you know, the fact that I I, I like kind of what they're doing with the magic hands, I think that's a cool gimmick. I want to check that out, uh, but I'm with you. I'm with you, Mike. That like, I, it's not one that I see myself trying out for a long time. I just, I just try it out just to fuck with it. Up next, we had Age of Empires Four, which, if you're an Xbox fan or a PC fan, you know the Age series. You know Age of Empires is awesome. This RTS is going to be a ton of fun. But we have shown this game to death. They even had their own little mini festival, like last month or the month before, where we did a whole week of Age Four content. And it is wild to see 
how they are now promoting this and showing it off. And I think there is something fun to say about this, right? They're calling it hands-on history, which has like X amount of lessons in there that will probably play some sort of, you know, different imperial group or play some sort of age. And they'll tell us a fun story. But to bring out the trebuchet, and we talked about this trebuchet for five minutes. No joke. We were there talking about a trebuchet live on action. Yeah, the trebuchet is dope, right? Way cooler than <laughs> anything, any other siege weapon. But also, right. what is the point here? And so very odd to show off age four, which we already know about. We've already seen a bunch of. And they're like, you know what? Let's give you a history lesson on a siege weapon you don't care about. And I, I just am lost at what this was all about. But this screams inside Xbox. If we're managing expectations, we call this inside Xbox. This is what they do on inside Xbox. There's nothing wrong with this at an inside Xbox. There is something wrong with this in this presentation. Yeah, it, it takes me back to that. Remember that really dry technical presentation that Mark Cerny did for the PlayStation 5, which was originally intended to be like for a technical GDC type audience, but then Sony rolled it out in a more consumer facing way. And people were like, what's this? This isn't exciting. He's talking about how like how, how it accesses the SSD in like a really dry technical way. There was nothing wrong with the presentation for a certain audience. It was the way it was presented that, that, that people came away. People went in with a certain expectation and and walked away thinking what the the hell was that this is a kind of a, a different vibe to that but it was still as i'm like why wasn't this just an inside xbox like they, they it's it's weird gary the the thing there though the difference with the playstation thing is the context matters when it comes to these type of announcements and showcases and streams whatever you want to call them but with that playstation thing they set the expectations right the problem was we didn't know shit about the playstation 5 so everybody's clamoring and everyone was so hungry and we expected the first kind of words about the playstation 5 to be more exciting than a tech thing even though they explicitly said it was a tech thing yeah to to apply that context to this when you're saying we're going to answer your questions about the fall we all have one question about the fall and you told me about a trebuchet Right. And that's and that's something Tim that could have been tweeted out, right? And they've done that in the past, and several different uh, outlets and several different publishers and devs have immediately tweeted out, "Hey, tomorrow, do not expect news from blank, 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 and blank." Um, and I think if they would have said no Halo Infinite news tomorrow, we all would have said, "Okay, no Halo Infinite news today, maybe on Wednesday or what? What day is it? Tuesday? I'm I'm lost. I'm losing track." Today's of time. Tuesday. Today's Tuesday. Uh, we would have said, okay, maybe Wednesday for the actual opening night live or whatever. And I, I wish they would have done that to sort of immediately sort of twist that knife and say, all right, nothing, no Halo news, Andy. Go to sleep. Go to sleep, mm -hmm. child. You know. It, here's what I will say, though. If that is what these hands-on history lessons will be, like if it's actually like a, a fun like Mythbusters history you know, channel type video inside the game, you can count me in for that. But if it's just like, Hey, play this small campaign and like you're gonna play as Joan of Arc and run around. I'm not in for that. But like I do like this little spin. I'll watch those things in the in the game. I always think that's fun. But so here's my eyes as we start to hit the halfway point. In my eyes, we have dragged through this conference. Nothing has really popped, nothing has been screaming hot. And here's a here's a moment from Xbox that should have really made a big pop and really gone a long way for people and really made a statement, but I think it got lost with how slow we were so far. And this was Cloud Gaming. Cloud Gaming came mm -hmm. out with a nice little presentation. And, you know, we all know Cloud Gaming right now of being able to play on your phone and on your tablet, and now recently Windows 10s, right? And we know the future, right? Will it be a streaming stick? Will it go directly to your TV? When is it coming to consoles so you can play it on your console? And here it is. 
This is them showing it off of cloud gaming coming from your console on the series consoles and on the Xbox ones. And it just felt lost. This should have been almost a megaton announcement, something that really is going to change the face of gaming here. And somehow I watched this and I was like, I don't even care what's happening anymore. This should have been massive news. Greg, I know this kind of popped for you. What did you think? You're right there. This is a great thing that I think, you know, was hampered by coming off of Age of Empires 4. And then also the walk into it. I feel like it could have done stronger with the headline of here's what's happening. Because we were we were still bitching about Age of Empires. <laughs> and then this is going on and I'm watching it and I have the volume turned up. And then I was like, wait, this is that. It was just this. This should have been the better thing of if you haven't made the jump to the Xbox Series X, if you haven't made the jump to the Xbox Series S, uh, and you're on an Xbox One, great news. This is what's happening, right? We're bringing you to the console. You are getting the cloud, meaning that you can get the best experience for all these games. And of course, it is so. They, they talk about it in their video, right? Of like, hey, like you can be playing this game instantly, right? You can save your storage for the games that are you know more up your alley, or you're going to be on top of, or whatever you want to say. Like it, th- again, this is a great video that could have been would have been better. I think as a headline, I think they could have done a better job of driving it home. Yeah, absolutely. It, Some of the extra the the news that came from this is uh, so coming holiday twenty twenty one, a new cloud icon will be added to the supported game icons. Testing begins starts this fall. Ten eighty p sixty frames per second, just like it is on PC and mobile devices. Uh, new gen playable new gen games are playable on Xbox One in the future. Yeah. So a lot of really cool, interesting stuff. But yeah, the presentation of this really got got lost in the sauce. This is this is a big deal for myself and a lot of Xbox fans and. For the whole gaming world, right? When we talk about cloud gaming and what this team is putting behind this movement is a huge deal right now. We're talking about all of your install space, right? We all talk about how tiny these SSDs are and why we never have enough to download the 250 gigabyte download for Call of Duty, constant updates. Like the cloud is going to change the way we play and Xbox has put a lot into that. And we're now at the precipice of a big moment here of bringing these to consoles now and Yes, a lot of people's internets aren't up to snuff. Yes, there's a lot that goes into the back end that's good and bad. But also at the same time, like the opportunity for my friends and family who are still on the Xbox One consoles, especially in COVID times where nobody can find an Xbox, no matter what you're looking for, can now almost play the next generation of games streaming if they have good enough internet is a big, big deal. And this one, I mean, this should have been a huge moment here. And it just felt like it got lost in the mix. And it's unfortunate because this was something I wanted to celebrate. This is something that I love and I will celebrate and enjoy it. But in this presentation context, this sucked. That didn't feel good at all. That was too bad. I, I'm, I'm still hoping that, you know, it not having an actual date is one of those things that's kind of holding it back from having that moment of clarity of like, this is what this is. This is what it means to, to mainstream people. Like what, what cloud gaming in general, but specifically on the Xbox side, which with how much they're, they're building it up and how much backing they have for it and the, and game pass. And there's just so much positivity, so much good that's there like and, and strength and things that'll just work. They, they need that Nintendo Switch announcement trailer moment where you see the people, they're partying on the rooftops with the Switch, they take it home, they dock it, and it's working and all that, and it's like buzzwords popping up of what you can do, Joy-Cons, you're taking them off, oh, multiplayer games together. Like, they need to somehow condense this really complex idea of yeah. what xcloud actually is into what does this mean for you? What does this mean for the people? And, it you know, it needs big words like you 
don't have this console doesn't matter blah 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 here's all the things you can do to, to be able to play and these not, games and not show just everybody uh in that like little sizzle reel staying in the same situation where they're all at like the same couch or whatever xbox it's headquarters just, yeah yeah exactly. yeah like like tim's saying like show it in the wild show how people are gonna be able to realistically utilize it in their day daily lives yeah well, i think it comes off as someone holding a controller being like i like xbox games and it's like was- cool there's a couple of things at play here, I think. One is the, the overall context in that, like, the, the, the overall presentation was, was pretty low energy. So even, like, a bright spot, so something potentially interesting, like the, the cloud Xbox gaming, uh, the console gaming, um, just kind of got lost a little bit. Like, you know, it was surrounded by all this stuff, you know, about obscure German aircraft and medieval history lessons. Like, you know, we were already kind of low energy going into it. Like, and so it was like, I know it was kind of surrounded by, the, you know, just weak stuff around it. But then the actual presentation itself, I think didn't really sell just how cool this proposition is, right? It's, it, it, I mean, you think about it. Here's the thing. We, we, I've complained about cloud gaming on the Xcast before because it's not, it's not quite there yet. Like, I, you know, I, was try, I, I told a story recently about how I was staying at an Airbnb out of town with my family. I thought, I'll give this a try. I've got, I've got my Android phone with me uh, or my, you know, whatever it was that I had with me at the time. So let me try some Donut County. And it was laggy because the internet connection at the house wasn't great, right? So you're always at the mercy of, the, of, of, your, of your internet connection. But here's the thing. The one place where you, can, you have a reasonable expectation of having a decent internet connection is in your own home, right? You're whatever your own home Wi-Fi is, or maybe a wired connection, even better. That's where you've got the best chance of fulfilling the promise of cloud gaming. That's where your home console is. And here's the thing. It's a really simple argument to make. Hey, having a hard time getting an Xbox Series X? Guess what? If you've got an Xbox One at home and Game Pass Ultimate, you already have one Mm because we're going to upgrade it for you through the cloud. You're going to be playing Xbox Series X games on your Xbox One. It's a really simple, simple promise to make that they can deliver on. But I I just feel like they, 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 some, the way that they sold it, they didn't sell it. They've got something that's really sellable, and yet they somehow managed to not sell me on this really awesome idea. This would be Uh, a much bigger deal to me, like Gary is mentioning, if if cloud gaming felt good and i have mm-hmm. i've played on gigabit internet hardwired and it just it never feels good for me uh regardless of what hardware i'm using regardless of whether i'm wired or wi-fi it all like i what a nightmare trying to play celeste is something that requires a lot of precision and timing um and i i hate that for the time being and hopefully not too much longer um hopefully in the next year or so it will feel better um as good as like amazon luna did that one time i did that felt really great and the responsiveness was amazing and i was pretty shocked by it but i hate that whenever i think about cloud gaming my mind always goes to oh that game can be cool because it doesn't require responsiveness that game can be cool because it's sort of a passive experience and you can play it on the cloud Oh, it's exactly. turn-based. It's, it's not. Yeah. It's something yeah. you can. Like Donut County and, would be a good game for it. If and that's the that, thing. I, yeah. I, I don't. I don't doubt when we have like you know like true ultra wideband five G everywhere, six G or like whatever the next iteration of like you know broadband internet is. We're gonna get there. I just think they're a little bit that their 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 reach just kind of exceeds their grasp right now in the sense that we know it's going to be amazing but like again to andy's point is is well taken i was talking about how like your best internet connection is at home i have a gigabit i have like as good an internet connection as you're going to get anywhere in the united states right now you know sonic mm-hmm. gig up gig down and even then when i've tried cloud gaming like it's generally been pretty good but like even when it's good there's always the anxiety in the back of your mind like you know you're playing it through the cloud right it's like, is it going to glitch is it going to glitch like you're not it's not quite there enough yet that you can do cloud gaming and feel as comfortable with it 
as you were playing on local hardware. I think we I, will get there, but it's just it's a little bit ahead of its time right now. I immediately think back to one of those early videos when Stadia first released, and I forgot who did the video. I want to say it's Gene Park, but I don't know why I, I'm thinking that. But it was that sort of slow-mo video of recording your hand on the controller, recording the screen. Yeah, with Stadia, button, I remember that. Hitting the button, seeing your player jump what felt like a second later. Mm -hmm. And uh, to think that I still experience that with Microsoft Cloud Gaming uh, is kind of a bummer because I want it to feel better. Um, and again, I'm not necessarily even thinking that Cloud Gaming is going to be something that I'm super interested in in the future. I've, I'm just still pretty underwhelmed with the tech. It's a it's a fun one to talk about. It's interesting where we're at because I'm a huge cloud gaming advocate on the Xcast. I love cloud gaming, and I I know that we've been working towards consoles, and it almost feels like we're like a year or two ahead of schedule. It feels like like they're doing all this, but the internet and infrastructure of everybody else and their mama is not quite there yet, and they feel like they're just they're ready for it all, but we're not quite ready for it on the opposite side. But it is cool that it's coming to console. I love. The idea of what it's going to bring and how that's going to change the gaming landscape is a big, big deal, especially in the times that we live in, where a lot of people can't get these next-gen consoles, and now they got an opportunity to at least try that 1080p, 60 frames. We'll, uh, we'll see how that goes with home internet. Moving on after that was Cult of the Holy Detonation. DLC for Wasteland 3 in Exile shows off a new one coming o October 5th. Do we have any In Exile Wasteland 3 fans in here? Moving yep. on. That's what I thought. We're going to keep it moving. Uh, that, that is one. It's interesting. You know, In Exile has been rumored. If you're an Xbox fan, you've heard the rumors of what their next project is going to be. And, you know, we don't have any teases for that. This might not have been the place to show it, but maybe even a little talk of that would have been a lot more excitement around this because Wasteland 3, you're either in it or you're not in it. So we kept that moving. Sea of Thieves, we got a special event. A new Woo! ship starts tomorrow. The Borderlands ship. And the Making Mayhem event, August 24th through September 7th. That's the go... Mikey. Yeah, heck, you know what, Greg, you and I, we're going back on to Sea of Thieves right Let's now. Let's get we're out there get tonight that. and see what's up. I look but forward to this. I think we really here, here's got... Here's the thing with, with, with the, the Sea of Thieves stuff. It's like, this to me is what I want to see from these Xbox things. It's mm -hmm. like kind of filling the, the moments with this didn't go on too long. Uh, we have these ongoing live games, especially with Game Pass and like the availability for games that may have came out a couple of years ago, but they're still being supported. Like, I love the idea that when Xbox does a show, we're getting these pop backs in, pop back into like, eventually like what's new to forza what's new to halo infinite what's new to sea of thieves like build that ecosystem and that lineage of xbox games so for me i i count this as a as a win it's just kind of a win in the kind of like expected okay cool i expect that to be there and not the most exciting thing in, in a press press conference like this this sure, it's, it's, it's a reward for being loyal to a game, right? Or having mm -hmm. invested time in a game one way or the other, where it's like, okay, cool. Like, here's a reason to turn on Sea of Thieves. Here's a reason to turn on Grounded. Here's a reason to turn on State of Decay. Like, well, these are games that don't need a, a full-blown expansion, a full-blown sequel, a full-blown giant Pirates of the Caribbean event. It can just be something cool. Like, hey, remember this game you really liked and haven't played in a while? Here's a reason to play it tonight, and or maybe a couple nights, depending on how long this event is. This is one of their easy goes to because it's one of their live service games, right? As we start to move into this new day and age of gaming where every game is a live service game, right? You have to have these updates. You have to tease people to come back and try your game. And they've done a really good job with Sea of Thieves and the marketing behind that because every single time we do an Xbox conference, you can bet your bottom dollar 
Sea of Thieves will be there. That's a guarantee. And this one, it does look fun, right? I would have liked to learn a little bit more about the Making Mayhem event and what that's going to entail. But I think they came in, got in and out pretty quick with just the ship. So that was good. But yeah, when you look at Xbox's portfolios, you're going to see a rise in these live service games. And they're going to continue to do that every time they host a live stream, an event, a inside Xbox. They're going to hit you with about five of these because that's what they're moving towards with a number of their games. So Sea of Thieves, this one, I don't know what happened here. I don't know why we even talked about this, but State of Decay 2 came out with an update. There's a new map, six new bases, new weapons coming September 1st. Uh, Homecoming is what they're calling this one, I believe. But this is one for me. Who the heck is still playing State of Decay 2? And why are we putting updates into this game? These games, the first one, I think, got a lot of traction. I think the second one came out and was just like, so, so you had the diehards and it didn't capture the bigger, wider audience. And it is insane to me that we're working on State of Decay 3 and somehow we're still talking about State of Decay 2. I, I'm blown away by this, truly and honestly. They gave a nice little one to throw it back in my face. 10 million lifetime users. But uh, not like Sea of Thieves where they're like, hey, in June we had a huge growth and we had the most people that ever played this game. That was just lifetime. Greg, you're the only jabroni I know that has ever played State of Decay with me. Real <laughs> quick, is this ever going to make you go back? Real Come quick, on. I just want to add this. Uh, they didn't say this in this, but I saw it on Twitter that the reason it's called Homecoming is the map they're adding is the original map from State of Decay 1. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they talked about this in the presentation that you're going back uh, to Trumbull County or whatever, and that it's yeah changed, and they they it's it's not the, it's the same map, but it's changed since the time is gone or whatever that's been happening. Um, so yeah, I played State of Decay. I like State of Decay. I, I loved State of Decay one and State of Decay two. Hit too similar. It was exactly the same game. I felt in so many different regards that I walked away. I didn't want to play the same thing again. And so I've come back and done a couple streams with you here and there, Mike. But I've never gone back and gotten something so different out of it that I was like, I got to go back and play State of Decay. Because you're talking about State of Decay 1. Like, I played and loved, and then, like, I think when I did the special edition, I played and loved that, and then did all the DLC for it and stuff. Like, I was all about State of Decay. And so the fact that State of Decay 2 has just been so samey that I can't get into it. So samey in the same way of some of the bugs it was having. This is at launch, obviously. I'm sure it's been updated and all these different things. I look at this and go, cool, but I'm like, I will wait for State of Decay 3. But you understand, Mike, of course, with Xbox Game Pass, there's this big game that a lot of people probably haven't touched. And zombies Mm -hmm. are still very uh, popular in video games, right? So put out a piece of DLC to get people to go back through that. Try to have them have that Sea of Thieves, Pirates of the Caribbean moment, right? That was such an eye-opener for so many people who had slept on Sea of Thieves. So well said, Greg. It is another one of their quote-unquote live service games that you can always go back to and they'll feed you updates. When you look at Grounded, you look at Sea of Thieves, State of Decay is in this window that they will do. It's just odd to me that this game has come and gone so long ago, and we've already we're looking forward to State of Decay three. It's wild to see an update for State of Decay two uh, that continues does not sell me on this game, which is wild to see. Uh, up next, we had Stray Blade coming spring twenty twenty two from five hundred five Games, uh, publishing it or somebody is either publishing or developing it from five hundred five Games. Uh, didn't keep it moving. Hit the brakes. Everybody want to talk about this one? It looks pretty generic. It looks like a lot of oh. similar games in that genre where it's that sort of stylized Fortnite kind of look. Um, World of Warcraft, Overwatch, sort of um, blocky colors and and sort of yeah. I know, chunky it as, like, characters. <laughs> Absolver meets Godfall. Like I, both games, like Absolver has that Fortnite-y, the stylized 
polygonal look to it but then godfall i think has the the generic fantasy where like it like godfall is a very beautiful looking game but the actual design of it just has so much going on it, it, i can very much peg it as oh this is just straight up fantasy they went all in on fantasy and this kind of gives me the 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 in between of both of those um and like yeah i'm with andy it looks all right like, there would it, have to be something fine. really big to hook and kind of make that game stand out from a lot of other video games that are in that sort of genre and there just wasn't a whole lot there unfortunately for me yeah, this one didn't hit for me. Moving on was King Crusader 3. We're moving on to number three in the trilogy here. A game that I don't think any of us on this panel really are into. I've never seen anybody look at me and go, yo, I like these real-time strategy games on the big old game board with uh, the small people moving yeah, around sorry, it. So sorry, sorry, sorry. We'll, we'll keep it moving on that one. Thankfully, when was, when was that? Did I fall asleep? <laughs> you, uh, don't yeah, worry, everybody fell asleep. It's fun. It's right. Uh, Crusader Kings. Thank you. Crusader Kings 3 oh. uh, came out. So we'll, we'll, we'll keep it moving on that one. They brought out Psychonauts 2, which was a nice little bump. We sat a little too long with Tim and Lizette, but that was the... Harking back to this is an inside Xbox. These are these deep dives, right? And we just hung out with Tim and Lizette from Double Fine Productions for what I felt like was just a little bit too long. But it's always nice to hear from those two and get them to share a little bit more about their game that is releasing tomorrow, you know, which is a big deal, right? It's nice to see them one more time before the game's release. Usually you see a lot of press junkets before the game, but then right as it releases and after, we kind of lose sight of all that or we've been there, done that, played it. And we don't really get to keep up with the team. So nice to see Tim and Lizette. Hopefully you go and play this game. It's on Game Pass. I know me and Barrett love this game a lot. Barrett got me into Psychonauts 1. Barrett has now almost 100% that he has. Uh, and that's a big deal for Psychonauts 2. I love it, Barrett. What do you think? They, they should have. I think they should have opened up with this to really pump out that this is coming out tonight. It's going to mm -hmm. be on Game Pass, uh, PC, Cloud, and console to really push of like to really show that xbox is confident um in this game that a, a lot of reviewers are saying a game of the year contender um yeah i, I thought it was really weird to have this it, later in the show um in a, in a part of the show that you would expect uh more like i don't know announcements or follow-ups is a game coming out tonight it's not like they had a follow-up of like talking about dlc or anything like i think they should have started the stream with the the launch trailer uh, do a like a quick one minute thing of 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 Tim and company uh, pitching what the game is, and just move on from there. I I, I do agree that we stayed a little uh, long on the game, and I, I I think it showed up way too late into the presentation. I agree. It would have been a would have been a stronger opener than uh, Dying Light Two. Like Tim Schafer is a national treasure, right? We will have nothing but respect for Tim. Psychonauts Two clearly is shaping up uh, to be a strong, strong, strong game of the year contender. I think it probably is going to end up. Uh, it's going to be a big part of that conversation and might end up uh, as a lot of people's game game of the year. It seems quite certain it's dropping tonight, tomorrow, and it's an exclusive, right? I mean, like this is the kind of stuff they should be building their message around. And I'm not sure how early not, not exclusive, uh, not just exclusive. to be clear. It is on PlayStation. Uh, oh, I'm sorry. Uh, I, yeah, my platforms. mistake. For some reason, I thought it was a, you know, because they bought Double Fine. Maybe yeah. I thought they had brought that. They, they had still had a, an agreement, I think, specifically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it one of those grandfathered ones. My, my, yeah. my mistake. Nonetheless, nonetheless, clearly going to be one of the top games of the year. <laughs> I was going to hope you were going to flip on it. Well, <laughs> oh, if it's <laughs> everywhere, fuck yeah, it. Well, yeah, well, if it's not PlayStation, <laughs> then, then, then fuck Tim Schafer. No, um... No, again, it's it, it's a, it's obviously a fantastic game. Tim's a legend. Uh, yeah, this they they would have done. I think they could have bumped this up and, and opened with it, as opposed to whatever it was they opened with. 
I just wanted to mention that I know that these things get made and produced ahead of time, uh, but I think it would have been really great to sort of add some, or, or at least have some sort of add in there saying, here's what the review scores are so far. People are absolutely loving it. Yeah. A lot of Game of the Year recommendations out there. Mm. Uh, because I think Psychonauts is sort of that perfect type of game that um, the mass market may not think is for them when really it likely is but it just seems like such an indie darling and you have to sort of be in that sort of cult following to enjoy psychonauts and it it really seems like it's past that threshold by far and saying like look a lot of people are going to like this game you just have to play it tons of people online who didn't even play one are really digging it so you got to give it a shot because it's going to be on a lot of people's game of the year lists. I think the stellar review scores are going to what is, is what is going to get a lot of people to look at it who otherwise might have. You know, Psychonauts is a great game, but it was a cult classic, right? There's a mm -hmm. lot of people out there who haven't played Psychonauts. Anytime you see the sequel to a game you haven't played or don't know, don't know much about, you worry a little bit about. Well, do I need to? You know, is there a barrier of entry here? It sounds like they've done a great job of of getting you up to speed on the events of the previous game for people who will be coming to this for the first time. They obviously need to market this to people you know, beyond just the existing Psychonauts fan base and it deserves to to reach that wider audience but it, it's one of those weird things where i wonder if it being a sequel to a game that a lot of people you know don't necessarily know about might actually hold it back a little bit but i think those review scores um are, are, are going to help in that department i i agree with everybody here i think psychonauts should have led the way and that tim and lizette interview really would have set the tone a lot faster than dying light 2 and maybe we would have come out of this a little bit differently uh, up next, we have our final two. The Gunk was shown off again, and this is one of the games I touched on at the beginning of the stream of these are the games that Xbox has talked about and touted to end out the year of 2021, and we've known about The Gunk for quite some time. We've looked forward to Crossfire X, Among Us, Fall Guys, Scorn, Bright Memory, and it was just very odd that, yes, after the show, they put out a blog post with the release date. This is wild to think that we showed off The Gunk and not really a story-driven or heavy way to even detail what the heck is going on in the gunk, and then not hit us with the release date is just wild to see this. This was probably 90 seconds of not much going on to show off the is, gunk. Is really there a specific well. date? Because I was I thought that they just said December. December, yes. Okay. I mean, okay. still, I would have liked to seen that up on the screen. So the oh, gunk, really? once again, I think this fell flat really hard, and... Thankfully made way to what matters. Yeah, tell me, Bless. Yeah, no, I'm 100% with you. Like, this is one that really should have popped for a game that's coming off of uh, the same devs as SteamWorld Dig 2, which was a huge game for them, like a, a game that got excellent, excellent, excellent reviews. This is one that they should have shown off in a way better way. Like, we were trying to figure out what it was during stream, and I think I said that it was a roguelite, but I, I looked it up, and I was like, no, nah, I can't even tell what this is. Like, there's not really any good description of exactly is this a metroidvania is this just an action adventure game like, i couldn't actually confirm any of that and so this would have been the time to strike in terms of them going them them saying hey this is a game it's starring x y and z people i saw a tweet on twitter earlier that um fiona nova is is playing a role in this game which is a really yeah. cool thing that's something that you could have included in, in there like right now would have been the time to really drive home that hey this is a big title that's really cool and this is what the gameplay structure is this is what the story is it has an interesting setup it has characters here let us introduce you to the characters i think there's so much that you could show off for this game that should be highly anticipated but i think they really did fumble the bag on it i yeah. think i i was i'm a little bit opposite i think i'm i may be the only one that i'm really digging these visuals and for whatever reason this one did a lot for me than the first time we saw it the first time mm -hmm. we saw it i was just like this is generic ass city no thanks uh but something about 
and maybe it's a, a bit of how we view trailers here in Discord, but watching it on YouTube after the fact, it this game looks really gorgeous to me, and I think the I just love the art style and the art direction of it all, and it seems like a game that I will at least try out because, as you all know, I, me, and Janet Garcia are the world's number one Recore fans, mm-hmm. uh, and this seems right up our alley, you know. Yeah, it's one that I've had on my list for a long time and have been excited for. It's just when you come down to it, it's time for a release date. It's time for a little more info. And it was odd they chose just 90 seconds of this instead of any sort of info dump. But to end it all out, we end with Forza Horizon 5, which we'll talk about the ending here right afterwards and we'll move into some Halo talk. But Forza Horizon 5 came out with a awesome controller gary what a i mean whoa greg miller let me tell you what you want to know what the highlight the spark plug the Look excitement that, was for this conference was this controller right here thankfully they brought out forza horizon 5 we got the debut and show off mexico once again but they came out with a controller and this team <laughs> debut on Xbox, and show off mexico I mean, once we, again we, wait what uh, too many times. <laughs> this is another game i've seen this too many times i don't need to see it anymore sure. but i understand it's your big tent pole and you got to do it. Blessing but... was begging for it the entire presentation. Oh, the controller's hot. So, Greg Miller, tell me about this controller. Why do you think it's so dope? Well, who doesn't love being able to see through your controller like you're holding an N64? Amen. You know what I mean? Amen. Come on. You kidding me right now? Let's get that off the thing. This is, the, this then... is definitely the hottest controller since the N64 see-through purple one. And then this, oh I love this splash of the blue and pink here. Mm-hmm. Andy, how's it, yeah. is it hitting you? Oh. Is it hitting for you? It's so hot. I mean, it's that sort of, I, I don't I think it was maybe Tim or Baird who mentioned that this is like just rage two all over the, all over again. It <laughs> looks so hot. It's the perfect color combos. Anybody who doesn't like it, crazy. I don't yeah. think those people exist, honestly. <laughs> like, who couldn't, who couldn't do like they, do they They're exist, old and out of touch if they don't like it. <laughs> I was honestly dismayed. Um... <laughs> when i saw the first when i saw the controller and then when i saw the reactions and i've been checking up on twitter and people i respect people like uh, rebecca valentine and Brittany brombacher are, 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 are saying they're vibing on it as well the, the one saving grace was that the most stylish man at kind of funny is in my corner on this one and this is the only thing i got going for me don't look Gary, I, 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 like I, I think i think the controllers are not i, I think the, you know it's not you know the the um the translucent thing we can kind of see like the vibrating motors inside the controller they kind of made it seem like you know the pistons you know pumping inside a high performance car that's all cool look at those buttons but the whole oh, the whole jackson pollock fisher price kind of vibe of this thing it doesn't look good get to me the annoying thing is i still have to get it because i said i'm a, con- I'm a collector now i don't <laughs> fucking get this thing just to complete the collection got you but look at the end of the day if you like it you get it if you don't like it don't get it you know so, but, podcasts. Or, or, or if, <laughs> or you're, if idiot, you're, you're an idiot like me if you don't like it still fucking get you it because you gotta catch anyway. them all but look, I personally don't like it. And I was wondering, is it just me? Is it just me? And then uh, the saving grace again was Tim Geddes, the most stylish man at Kind of Funny, the guy who always that. looks like he just rolled out of a nightclub that none of us could ever fucking get into, <laughs> the white Drake, the man who fucking knows style <laughs> more than anyone else at Kind of Funny is in my corner. He knows that this controller is a fucking aesthetic abomination. God Thank damn. God Tim's with me on this one. I love, I love you so much, Gary. Now, here's the thing. I, I want to start this off with the, the, the most positive thing I can say, which is I love love xbox's commitment to these uh limited edition controllers i love the way they've been dropping them the the rollout not putting out too many at a time but kind of building that hype making each one feel like a special event and we're starting to finally see the like 
specific game versions of these controllers. I've always been a fan of that. I do got to say, I love the the differences this controller has over the last couple we've seen. Like, I do like the the transparency. I do think the yellow is kind of hot. I like the color scheme overall. It's just the, the paint splatter. That never wins me over. I don't like that look. I'm, I'm with Gary that it kind of has that. Fisher Price is just way too cheap. Like, Xbox has been knocking it out of the park with their, their controllers, with the exception of that weird daylight camo or whatever the hell that was but otherwise so i'm a big fan i get why some people could like this it's just definitely definitely not for me but i am excited at the idea of this controller because it means in the future we will get some other hot neon transparent controllers so that's and i don't cool. mind it, the it, like it electric volt is my second favorite you know anyone with any aesthetic taste knows that the controller rankings go like this that new aqua blue one at the very very top yeah mm -hmm. electric vault right behind no. it and then yeah. at the mm -hmm. dead yeah. bottom day strike camo and no, whatever the no day strike camo i'm with you gary no god we got to <laughs> again we have to admit that the electric vault looks like unhealthy pee and just uh, no, put no, it at the no, very no, top. no 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 it looks like it looks like lemon lime gatorade which everyone loves i i love that we now have two technically yellow controllers from this team which is great and you said it well tim of like this team has come out this new generation said hey we have id at xbox or we have the xbox design lab you can go create your own stuff right we have the two that we came out with and then they've just constantly released new controller colors and it always feels something fresh something new and something you can get behind and it's never too overwhelming with too many of them so they're really finding their stride with these controllers and doing a great job with that team over there but of course we saw the cover cars which is a big deal right in all sports games you got to have the dope cover athletes we got the cover cars which is the bronco the corvette uh mercedes and then there's a porsche maybe in there they showed off four cars as well but i only think three are on the cover but once again they showed out how awesome playground games and this game is going to be it's wild to think that we live in an age in 2021 where forza horizon has brought all the hype and really carried this whole presentation to make it semi-fun to me, which is insane to think about. So Cloud, Controller, Forza, all bangers, in my opinion, on this um, presentation. Everything else could just throw that right out the window and forgettable. But let's talk about it. We missed out on two things to me as a big Xbox fan that I, I'm very sad and disappointed we're not here. And that's Halo and any sort of mention of a 20th anniversary celebration. It's now been eight months into the year for celebrating the 20th anniversary, and we have done really nothing to celebrate this besides a couple of T-shirts and some fun blog posts occasionally. But, like, there's been no indication of any sort of 20th anniversary, and I don't know if that's going to be COVID. I don't know if they're saving that for we're literally just going to do it on the day or in the month, but it seems like they've really wasted away a fun opportunity for marketing. Or maybe I'm wrong. Maybe 20 means nothing to people. You know, I don't know. But uh, no Halo. Let's talk Means about something that. something to me, Mike. Uh, okay, Tim, tell me. Tell me. I mean, is this a missed opportunity? We've done eight months now. Why are we not celebrating this? There's an Xbox mini fridge rumor. There's the 20th anniversary. We're celebrating the first ever console launch, the original OG Xbox. You have a brand new console edition with the Xbox series. You have Halo coming out. You have Forza. This 20th anniversary should be on and popping. I thought there would be blog posts, YouTube videos, play dates where we're celebrating it. We're celebrating the community. They're getting fun memories out. The teams are getting fun memories out. Maybe we bring back some awesome games from way back in the day for backwards compatibility. And it's felt like this whole year is like, we haven't talked about that at all. And it doesn't yeah. feel right. 
and they, they set it up like they were going to. And obviously the world's in a, in a complicated place now. And I think a lot of that has to do with the fact that I'm sure, I am sure they wanted Halo to hit November 15th. And I'm starting to feel a little doubtful it's going to hit November 15th. Um, so I'm sure a lot of the plans around the 20th anniversary uh, bonanza uh, have had to change over the years. But we've we've seen the the logos came out, the the shirts came out, the merch. Like there's a lot of hotness with the the 20 year anniversary Xbox stuff. And um, I I even given where we're at, I thought that there would be more, just like you're saying, just kind of celebrating like anniversaries of things and the different games on the original Xbox and, and all of that. Um, and we're just getting real close where they can pull something out. But, you know, there's only so many major Xbox events in a year. And we just uh, completed one of the, the final ones of the year. All right. So our final 10 poll that was not here. And the biggest um, issue was no Halo. And so whatever this may be, we're going to talk about why there was no Halo and what that meant to everybody there and how that could have brought the spark. And I want to also know, putting Halo at another event, let's say it does come out tomorrow. And of course, if you're listening or watching this later on, maybe it comes out at opening night live with Jeff Keighley. But as an Xbox presentation, as an Xbox guy here on the Kind of Funny Xcast, not having one of the two biggest tent poles, which is Halo, still no release date, could have shown off a campaign you know sort of trailer to get the hype and excitement for master chief could have brought out a flight here and brought out some more flight dates nothing at all of halo and just an abrupt ending gary witta i mean you missed out on last week where we talked about the co-op campaign yeah missing out on halo on something like this is that a huge miss i mean they're definitely you know it's it's so weird you know the halo story uh you know surrounding its release and the hype machine it's been such a roller coaster you know all the way from it getting uh, pushback, you know, almost a year ago. Now it got delayed. It wasn't going to hit with the with the with the console launch. That was a bummer. Then it felt like they were starting to build back some positivity. You know, those deep dive uh, developer diaries they've been doing have been really interesting. The test flight, I think, was was a big success. Right, that built the hype a lot. And then and, and but then another you know downslope with you know no co op campaign, still no date, a, a time when we should kind of be um expecting it you know there's there, you know, call of duty vanguard is out there announcing it's november release date like if if this game's gonna hit before the holidays th this is they need to be going gold and start pressing discs like right now like they should have a sense of what the date is i do want to check in on the manage expectations thing though like they, they did say manage expectations they did say don't expect too much it, I, 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 I don't want to make apologies for Microsoft. I think we've all gone pretty hard on Microsoft on during the reactions and in this in, in this Xcast talking about the things that we found underwhelming, which was most of it. Is it on us though that we were expecting some Halo stuff here and get, didn't get it? Did, did no. I mean, did we quote unquote have a right to expect there would be some Halo updates as a part of this presentation? Yeah, yeah. you can't say that, Gary, because there's two temple titles for the end of 2021, and if we're going to give updates and deep dives. For the end of 2021 with those games, Halo has to be there. I don't even care if we don't have a date. I don't care if you can't come out with a flight. No, you you're right. You better put Master Chief on that screen. There's no way. There's only two franchises no, we're you're looking right. forward to at the end of I this wanna... year. And it's unbelievable. I, 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 I just wanted to ask the question, but I think I think you're right, Mike. I think I agree with you. And I tell you what, mate, I, I tell you what proves that is I think we all did expect it. And after, you know, four, you kind of feel like, you know, Forts is big, but it's not number one. We all know what number one is, right? That's the one you close on. You're going to close strong with something from Halo that's going to dazzle us. Hopefully, you know, get that energy back after the big co-op campaign bummer of, of the past week. And it wasn't, it wasn't just that they didn't show it. It's just that the stream seemed to end so abruptly. I don't want to be a conspiracy theorist, but it makes me wonder if they almost like 
were preparing to have something and then they decided to cut it at the last minute which is why it ended in such a weird way like go back to the, go back and watch the the feed of us all staring at that the thanks for watching stream going wait is that it and even you might be like no no that's not it there's one more thing but there wasn't right it just seemed weird and so i don't know what happened but maybe maybe there's you know maybe there's there's, there's more games come to come maybe there's uh, something with you know whatever Keeley's event is I don't know maybe there's something still to come but Xbox Game yeah, Studios I mean, is confirmed for opening that live tomorrow that's already on Keeley so graphic. maybe maybe there's something there I mean you know we're all waiting on that release date they're running out of time I think to kind of announce something yeah it was it felt kind of odd that they didn't have anything like they didn't even mention it and it's their that, biggest game I feel like that's the biggest miss and we've talked about this in the top of the show but now that we're here talking about halo it is this idea that you know people are looking forward to that you know they're doing it you can say manage expectations but yes they ended saying hey if you want more forza remember we're streaming it over here on this thing and how easy it would have been we're not done yet you, you know there is more xbox tomorrow opening at live wink or hey let's just put it out there we're talking halo tomorrow at opening at live something to that effect not to leave it this toothless of a presentation how does that make you feel, Greg, of like putting out your biggest title not on your stage? Is that the right move? Is this the wrong move? Like, why I have mean, an Xbox presentation if you're going to show your biggest game somewhere else? Uh, to me, it's about what do you want your presentation to be? What do you expect this to be? What is, it's what I was talking about with video games. What's the success to publisher X is different than a success to publisher Y. And so I imagine this comes down to the framing of what people want to be. I understand the power of Jeff Keighley more than most, right? And game awards and what he's trying to do with opening night live. And I think you put it on opening night live. There's going to be more eyes on opening night live than they're going to be on an Xbox specific showcase because that gets to bring in different people. Timothy Gettys. Exactly. And I think that like our feelings on this show would be totally flipped if opening night live was first, Halo was there. Any of the like if there was major news from this, like dates or announcements, which there wasn't, they'd be announced at opening night live. And then the next day this happens. Here's all the rest of it. Little, like yeah. and here's the rest. I think that that's a totally, totally different framing. But like this, this makes you question why wasn't Halo here? Whereas if Halo was at opening night live and then we had this. We wouldn't be questioning it because we'd already have the answers we're looking for. Yep. Andy, blessing. Any uh, thoughts on Halo before we get out of here? I'm just, I just want to. I just want to play it. I just miss Honestly. it, Mike. Just miss it, Halo. It's in my hands. Don't be afraid to call. Don't be afraid to show your face on the block. I miss you a lot, Jeff. So it, it, Mike, I'll turn it to you. Do you think tomorrow open that live? You get a Halo release date. Uh, do I get a release date? I mean, I better, Greg Miller. I mean, personally, I better. Yeah, I, I, I truly believe it. it's time to come out with a release date. If they don't give a release date and they hide the hype and the fun around uh, the next flight, that will be all well and good, and I'll probably just keep it moving. But it is interesting that I'm, you know, 60 days away from what would be the 20th anniversary, what would be considered prime holiday seasons. Battlefield has already picked a date. Call of Duty has picked a date. It's time for Halo to step up and pick a date or let's all be transparent and come out and be like man you know there's a lot going on and we're jumbling this here's just multiplayer and we're going to delay the campaign let's just have that conversation right away because you know big joe had to come out on that youtube presentation on friday and it didn't feel right everybody was real down on that so i'll end it with jeff grubb saying this microsoft just likes playing well with others so jeff asked and xbox probably wants to help so shout out to that one right there we'll see but uh, I look forward to a lot of Halo. This has been the Kind of Funny X-Cast. That was a head-scratching 
Gamescom 2021 Xbox stream. We got to talk all about it with an incredible crew today. Shout out to Paris Lilly and Kate Yeager for hosting a great show oh, yeah. over there. You both were incredible. Shout out to everybody involved as well for getting the show off their games. Thank you to Gary Witta, Greg Miller, Andy Cortez, Blessing out of Yoye Jr., and Tim Geddes for joining me on another episode of the Kind of Funny X-Cast. This is your show for the week, so I'll catch you next week to talk all things Gamescom. And please put out some positive energy if you're listening to this right now. Halo, you better be there and you better bring the hype. Get us out of here. See ya. And either way, Gamescast tomorrow. We'll be covering everything, Xbox and otherwise, with, with a very similar crew to this. So get hyped for that.